sage when you walked in Cause I have no idea where you've been What kind of energy you conjuring What kind of spells you be casting I lit a sage when you walked in Cause I have no idea where you've been What kind of energy you conjuring What kind of spells you be casting Hello and welcome to Cheers and Queers, a boozy podcast about black queer life. I am Kyria and I am a theater artist and culture worker and I'm here with my co-host Ishoke. Um, I'm Ishoke. I'm a student and a consultant, even though Kyria hates that word. Just be specific. <laughs> what kind of consultant are you? I be consultant about pop culture and queer shit. Okay. <laughs> That's more specific. That's good. Uh, well, if you want to follow our sp- specific adventures, uh, you can definitely do so <laughs> um, on Twitter. So our handle is Cheers, the letter N, Queers. And then if you're listening, you can use the hashtag Cheers and Queers to follow the conversation as well as pod in. You can let us know what you're drinking while you listen. You can talk to other people who are also listening and you can give us your feedback. Yeah, on that. Um, so we are in our, on our third episode of season three, and we are excited to have new listeners and um, expanding our um, reach. And so please rate us on iTunes so people can find us. And also, if you are a Spotify user, we are now on the Spotify. Ow. So please um, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, but uh, specifically iTunes and Spotify, because that's where funders and other people who like to support podcasts pay attention. Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> uh, speaking of other podcasts, um, I really wanted to give a shout out. Um, this weekend, I went up to Syracuse um, Black Cues Pride organized a symposium called Queering the Airwaves. Um, and so I got a chance to hang out with um, Diamond Styles of Marsha's Plate, um, Queen and Genesia from T with Community J, and um, Nikita and Money from Queer Act the Pod and Inner Whole Uprising. There was just a lot of like black, queer, femme excellence Dope. in in a space being great together. And I was like, wow. And I didn't get to be there, but I did get to follow along with the conversation on Twitter.com. <laughs> and you should too. Um, so yeah, there's lots of pictures, there's lots of quotes. Um, if you have questions, we, we had a really extensive conversation about what it takes to uh, start and maintain an independent um, media source like a podcast. It's not a joke, folks. Yeah, and so it was really dope to like hear best practices and and hear people talk about like be reflective about their own mistakes, um, and and what that looks like when you're like building something and using a skill that you learned five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Shush, I'm an expert. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so shout out to Black Youth Pride um, and definitely shout out to uh, Queer Rock the Pod for like doing a live recording and really, you know, helping to facilitate that space. Good stuff. You want to check in? Let's check in. Okay. You ready for this? Sure. Okay. So your check in is your pronouns and what does ritual mean to you? Mm. I gotta go first. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so Kyria, pronouns she, her, and femme if you nasty. Ow. And uh, ritual, uh, I love that word. It, it conjures up good feeling. I like how I said conjure. Hey. <laughs> um, but it brings <laughs> up good feelings um, within me. Just hearing it, I I like the the sounds of it, ritual. Uh, but also, you know, I grew up on the West Coast, uh, and you know, more witchy than not. Uh, so that I woo woo shit. That woo woo from jump. You don't even know. <laughs> All around, like literally, my grandma will like have like will stop conversation and be like, "But what is their sign?" <laughs> <laughs> It's like not a joke. <laughs> and we'll be like, so in the sixties when I was in Europe using a Ouija board, I oh, no. learned the name of my godson. And I'm like, okay, grandma. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so um, oh, so ritual so, and, and then also I've been really privileged to have incredible um uh witches and spiritual practitioners in my life moving forward who have been in the Yoruba tradition or in um, um, Santeria tradition or even in the Christian tradition for whom ritual has a very specific connotation around gods. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that sort of feeds. And, okay, and then one more piece of it is that also I understand daily rituals, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the ritual of routine that is more than just I do it because, um, I, I can't th- do anything else, but it serves me, right? It, it's a ritual for me to, for example, every morning I make um, a um, apple cider vinegar, lemon and honey um, warm tea for myself. And I don't know if it helps me, but it's a ritual that I like. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it does help me, even just the act of doing it. So all of that kind of ser- s- stirs together for me. Mm-hmm. Or when I think of ritual, I really think of what are the things that you commit to maybe on a daily basis mm-hmm. or at least often and seasonally in your life and how do they serve you yeah that was a long-winded answer i mean uh, you just tap the witch first so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm good at i don't know um no i feel like so uh she her and ma'am um and i feel like ritual for me has to do with with repetition right it's Mm -hmm. not just about like a thing you do one time it's a thing you do and it works for you right right and I think that to me more than anything um what what the ritual is about or what it entails it's really how it serves you Mm -hmm. um and you know I was raised in the catholic church so there's all kinds of weird rituals that Mm -hmm. are like a part of that yeah but that's a ritual heavy it's it is and and you don't because ritual is associated with quote unquote the occult or like quote unquote paganism or right. quote unquote things that are not Judeo Christianity. Christians are so pagan. Exactly. But I digress. <laughs> it's like all that weird stuff y'all do about eating a whole other person and then drinking that person's blood. Like, <laughs> if that's not a ritual, then what the hell? I mean, if that's not <laughs> some like heathen <laughs> devil worship, I don't uh, know. You know what? But anyways, we're and gonna you, offend people. I, I love y'all. Stay Christians. mad. <laughs> Anyway. I went to Catholic school for too long. We can argue about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's less about what the ritual is and more about like, how does it serve you? How does yeah. it hold you? Um, how does it allow you to hold yourself? 
right? And once you figure that out, then then you're more likely to to keep doing it, right? To keep participating in that ritual and to keep um, keep it as a part of of what's what's going on every day for you. Um, and when things get hard, you know, and this is come this comes from like rowing, but sport is a is a ritual in and of itself. Oh God, yes. Um, and I had a coach who would say, you know, when your body and your mind is failing you, like technique and routine mm. will save you. Mm. That will bring you to the end of the race. And if you're go ahead, coach. Look, Nicholas, he was great. Um, <laughs> he was great. Um, he. I mean, he said a ton of things that are like, like actual grown up me as opposed to like me who thought she was grown when I was <laughs> 19 mm. is like, damn. But right. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could have listened. <laughs> but like, yeah, this thing about like your your body will will if you've built the the framework, yeah. right, your your body and your spirit will will keep doing the thing even when you are sure that you cannot. Mm. Um, and that's that's really special. That's awesome. Yeah. Ritual. Does that mean I need to send him this episode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is Maybe. he ready? <laughs> He's going to be like, this is great. <laughs> oh, good. Hi, Nicholas. <laughs> so what are we drinking? Um, we are drinking a lemon drop. Um, but I don't fuck with vodka, and neither does Kyria. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to uh, dig deep into the Martha Stewart uh, cookbook and find a recipe for a gin lemon drop. Mm. And so I was like, ooh, okay, this is cute, but it's really gin. The recipe that I found is really gin heavy. Yeah. Um, so I actually was, when I went to go buy this today, uh, there was a guy there who makes vermouth. Um and it, it, you know, I was like, oh, let me try your vermouth because vermouth is in this recipe. Okay. And I was like, I want to try, you know, I'm working on this recipe. It's a little too gin forward for me. Gin and forward. look, this one, hang, this one hanging out with a girlfriend who's a whole like cocktail connoisseur mm. does for you. Mm-hmm. I have new vocabulary. vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, it's a little too gin for it. And he was like, well. Just switch the, you know, switch the proportions up. Mm. Less gin, more vermouth, or even amounts of vermouth and gin. Um, don't use triple sec. Use sugar, right? And yeah. then use, like, all natural ingredients. Like, use, like, a, a really dry gin. Use a dry vermouth. Um, use, like, a, a sugar cube. Mm. And then use fresh lemon. And I was like, ooh, thanks, random guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I will put this cocktail recipe that I created today <laughs> when I was building this a cocktail. Showcase lemon drop. <laughs> I love it. In the show notes. Well, um, yeah. And I'll, I'll comment on it. Yes, please. It is. Um, it's like a spicy lemon drop. So it's kind of like a lemon pepper drop, if you will. Because, you know, gin, especially like a dry gin and a um, um, a juniper forward gin. Is that a thing mm-hmm. I can say? Yeah. I'm just going to say I yeah. can say that. Um, it has a little spice to it, which is actually I love that about it. That's why I'm fucks with gin and not vodka, because vodka is just like only rubbing alcohol <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> but gin has a little uh, herbal uh, character. <laughs> so it's got a little herbal character, a little peppery character. And then it's got the sweetness of the lemon drop, which I love. But, you know, from my like younger days when I drank more sugar and my liquor. So this is nice. Yeah. Um, pairing. Thanks. Yay. 
So this is thanks, Martha Stewart. You might have to call it something cute other than just a showcase lemon drop, but we'll come up with that later. Uh, yeah, it'll 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 be something like a little bit nasty, just because. Ooh, yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, so today we are talking about self-care yeah, and ritual and caring for yourself in a world that's, who, who the fuck knows? Who knows? By the time this episode drops, who maybe the empire will knows? have collapsed. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, we have a few more years of turmoil before that happens. But anyways. I'm tired. But... We look to our revolutionary uh, foremothers mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say brilliant things about this, such as caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Hey. And I would just like to hold close the words of Audre Lorde because I really just feel like In she the name was trying of the to Lord. tell y'all. She was trying to tell y'all. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all was listening, but we listening now. <laughs> because sheesh and it's funny i came across this quote probably i don't know some years ago but it's like it's it's on the move now it's like a me- meme now which is interesting really yeah i've seen it a lot and i'm like huh. oh y'all just y'all just found that quote that's cute <laughs> <laughs> you're late <laughs> no but so okay but so we were, we're gonna talk about self-care we're gonna talk about ritual we're gonna talk about um healing health sexuality all kinds of things but I took Ashoke really literally here. <laughs> and I found out before the recording started <laughs> that Homegirl has never had a tarot reading. I just. This is a black queer Brooklynite. <laughs> How is this possible? I always am like, yeah, let's do it. And then I get distracted. It's literally, I just get distracted and I go do something else and then I don't return to. Well, the now I got you captive it. in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to do a little tarot reading Ooh. live on the air. Oh, well, my gosh. Less live, more I mean, on the air. It's, it's in the air. It's in the air. Recording now. In your ears. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain a little bit about what we're going to do here, and then we're just going to uh, hear a little bit about uh, Showcase Inner Workings. And I'm going to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So um, first and foremost, the tarot is um, one of the um, oldest forms of divination um, in a Western tradition um many folks have uh dabbled and intermixed it with um afrocentric or um uh, latinx latinx central american traditions and sort of freaked it and turned it and spinned it um the tradition that i um that it originates from though is um the roma um otherwise known as gypsies in the pejorative but roma in um in europe who were nomadic peoples and the deck that i'm um using actually right now i call it my biracial deck <laughs> it is um inherited from my mother um and it is uh the rider weight deck as its base rider weight was um drawn and um composed by a roma woman who actually died in poverty and obscurity um never getting her dues and now it is the most used deck in the world and it's just another one of those moments of like a woman of color being erased from history sadness yeah. so look it up um and then, so my mother gave me her deck, um, um, but I wanted to black it up a little bit. and Because uh, it's a black thing? Because it's a black thing. <laughs> You're never, it's never going to go away, Kiria. 
Oh, some listeners are like, what are you talking about? Anyways. We're um, going to put that <laughs> in an episode. We, that song we're is going to be in the show episode. Notes. <laughs> um, and so we both found online this um, artist who made the Black Tarot. It's actually just um, part, of, part of a tarot deck. It's not a full deck. It's just the um, major arcana. I'm not going to get into the weeds of that right this second. Um, but it is based off the Rider Waite deck. Um, but uh, remixed with imagery of black American um, celebrities and uh, cultural icons in the place of the classic European figures. It's So still my deck is a little on the heteronormative side in terms of its iconography, but that's just the pictures. It, how you interpret it, how you read it is a, is a whole other story. So getting into that, mm-hmm. before, uh, before you tuned in, listeners, <laughs> I asked Ashoka to shuffle the deck with a question in mind. And I told her that this is my mother's deck, so she needs to know one thing, which is that it is more of an intuitive mirror than it is a future casting divination rod. It's not going to tell you that you're going to win a million dollars. It's going to tell you how you really feel about something when you might not have been saying that to yourself before. Mm-hmm. Um, for better or for worse, right? Well, So you're not going to get hard, cold stone answers about what you should and shouldn't do, but you are going to be able to reflect about, mm, that does kind of match what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know her question. Um, and I like it that way. Uh, and what I'm doing is a five card horseshoe spread. And so there are five cards um, in sort of an arch. Um, uh, uh, yeah, just picture like an arc of cards. We can post a picture of this on Twitter. Um, and in each of the positions, uh, the cards hold a meaning. And then the last thing I'll tell you is that um, there are different kinds of cards in the deck, and I'll talk about that as I go through. And then also it matters, depending on the way you read, whether you read them inverse or um, upright. So if it's upright, the card is facing um, you, the person who's being read. And if it's inverse, it's upside down. Mm. Um, and you may or may not agree with that. It might be just, that just happened to come out that way. My mom doesn't give a damn about inverse. <laughs> she doesn't read it like that. But I, I offer that as a, as a lens. And there's a lot of inverse in this. Generally, inverse means that the reading is a little more fraught or mm. the internal conflict is a little more present than the act or the thought itself. You ready? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you ready? Yeah. Great. So in uh, the first position, which is Ishoke's present position, is temperance. And so this card, um, uh, there is a sort of, uh, it's one of the major arcana cards, meaning that it's um, uh, um, an archetype onto itself instead of uh, just being um, symbolic of a suite of things. It is It stands alone. And temperance is really about just that, like, um, a desire to, a need to uh, uh, temper oneself, to chill out, to sort of uh, sit with something, to be in it um, in a reflective space rather than an action space. Whatever the thing is, um, your present position, this is dominant, this temperance. Moving forward, we get straight into inverse and we get straight into the suit of the swords. And the swords is the car- is the... Um, is a suite of cards. It's not just one thing by itself. There's like, you know, from page all the way up to queen and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And um, this is the king. And the swords is the suit of intellect, of wisdom, of um, knowing things from a place of learning. 
and having a sense, especially in the king position, of being the expert, mm -hmm. of really knowing it. This card is placed in your desire. Mm -hmm. Inverse. You, part of you desires to know it all, to have completed the lessons and be the expert. Mm -hmm. And particularly of um, life. I know it. I got it. I'm an expert at it. Um, you don't need to tell me nothing. But it's fraught. It is inverse. It is something that maybe you're starting to question that desire or that desire you um, know in some way is not quite achievable or not quite the thing you should be striving for. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the immediate, uh, sorry, that's your desire. Then the unexpected, which is judgment. And judgment um, is, um, again, uh, a major arcana. So it stands alone. It is saying that you are being called to your highest sense of moral um, or justice, um, right and wrong, that you are being asked or you will be asked to um, do the right thing. But it's also inverse. So there's some sort of sense of um, that will be maybe against a gut impulse or against the sort of um, cutting judgment of the sword, which may be more about knowledge than rightness. Those two things don't have to be the same thing. Um, and then um, moving forward is the immediate outcome, which is the Wheel of Fortune. Again, a major arcana, a standalone sort of idea. Um, and the Wheel of Fortune is a cycle completing itself, saying this thing will have come to pass in and exhausted itself in the in the way that it should um not in the sense of like say the tower or death um where it might be ending well death is is sort of like the natural course of things as in like everything's been exhausted mm -hmm. and it's just time there's nothing else and the tower is um oh no something caught on fire and the building's burning down ah. and wheel of fortune is this section is done Okay. We're done for now. That's the immediate outcome. And then you're, but it's also inverse. And then your ultimate outcome is strength, um, which is a visual of a person wrestling a lion. In the black tarot version, it is Tina Turner. I just will have you know that. Wow. Um, so your <laughs> ultimate outcome is an inverse strength, which is an interesting thing. Um, it's a very, so strength is obviously very Leo energy. And it's very. <laughs> is my partner a Leo? Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, and so the outcome of it is inverse, meaning that it may be either that you need to be holding it down, whether you want to or not, or maybe that you're holding it down, whether you should or not. So I'm going to go ahead and sweep through the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. um, so the journey that we're on here is from a place of reflection and sitting with something with an ability to look at it with a little bit of stillness mm -hmm. moving towards a desire to want to know and have be an expert on a thing and say i got this i'm the one that has the answers mm -hmm. but there's a fraught and tangled relationship with that the unexpected is that you'll be asked to fall on the side of justice and righteousness um in your either perspective action 
um, relationship with Mm -hmm. that might be in some kind of contentious space with this desire to be right. Mm -hmm. And that moves us towards the completion of a cycle. One aspect of a thing will complete itself in a, in a well-closed way and lead to you being in a position of strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, not necessarily fully in your back strength, but a strength of this is what's required of me right now. Um, I generally think that this five card spread lasts about, uh, six to 10 weeks, um, rather than a whole year or a whole lifetime. Okay. Thoughts? I'm glad we recorded this so I can listen to it later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, I think a lot of my any and all reflection that I'm doing right now is like, what's going to happen after I get out of school? And so like a lot of this is like, oh, Mm -hmm. this like the idea of me like reflecting and wanting to know things Mm -hmm. fully and fully understand them is like holding that holding my desire to want to know things against the desire that thing there are things all things cannot be known yes right and like holding those two uh spaces simultaneously Mm -hmm. um as i start to think about all right well school's gonna end in may like what's gonna happen after that um i gotta get a job i gotta figure out a place to live like Mm -hmm. you know i need to start like there are things i need to like begin to do and like this section of my life where I get to sort of like be kind of like going off to Coachella and on a cruise and (laughs) (laughs) and to New Orleans randomly in the middle of my semester like I can't like those things like that section of my life is something I've never experienced before but is Mm. is coming to an end um so yeah yeah, it makes a lot of sense yeah and uh, I mean, knowing that you're thinking about school and the ending of school, this desire to be the king of swords is absolutely on point. And the fraughtness of it is, you know, you are a queer. You do understand that, like, there's limits to academic knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's what the sword is all about. And you so you want it. But also, you know, that it's not the end all be all. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, you're going to graduate. <laughs> but this is probably leading more towards May, right? So you're going to yeah. complete the semester. But then you graduate, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. not I'm right. Done. You're gonna graduate. That cycle's gonna be ended. Yeah, and you are gonna be an MA in uh, what? What are Non-profit you? Nonprofit management and organizational development. Right. So just the way you said that, that's the inverse strength card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have this fancy degree. What do I do? Yeah. With it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's your little mirror for you. Awesome. Welcome to the tarot. <laughs> Thanks for not dragging my edges too hard. <laughs> Your question was a little safer. so <laughs> No, this is not safe. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> this doesn't feel safe at all, but it feels better than like, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Next time we'll do your, your mother and your girlfriend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> That's not, nope. If you're gonna do those one at a time. (laughs) If you're listening at home and you're interested in tarot, um, there are many um, uh, tarot decks. Um, I would really check out Next World Tarot by Christy C. Rhodes. That's on my list. Yeah, maybe a future guest. Um, 
there's a great book by Michelle T um, that may or may not have a deck with it. There's um, there's a bunch of queer decks. Uh, Adrienne Marie Brown has like 60 decks or something. You should check her out and see all the decks that she owns. And yeah. would, and what she does with them. And what she and, does with yeah. them. And um, you can start by pulling a card for yourself every day and just seeing what it says. Um, and there are lots of books that will give you guides to spreads and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, yeah welcome. Thanks. Um, so we want to welcome our guest, a joy to behold. <laughs> As she preens. <laughs> a wonder to exist with. A fellow Pisces. Oh. Pisces gang gang. Gang gang. Gang gang. <laughs> Lorelai Black. Um, welcome to Cheers and Queers. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for this lemon drop suggestion. It's I'm really into them right now. <laughs> oh, excellent. These are like these are like my thing. They get me through the winter. And now that I've discovered them, I'm like, I need them. Excellent. Well done. Well done. Um, so we want to start out with who are you? What do you do? And who do you do it for? Who am I? I am Lorelai Black. I am a black queer femme. I am a freelance artist, model, cat mom, human being. Um, and majority of it I do for myself, but I also do for other artists and creatives. Word. And can I also ask uh, what uh, pronouns do you use? Yes. And um, briefly, how do you define ritual? Uh, my, my pronouns are she, her, and I define ritual as... Um, something that is done on a continual basis that you find comforts and strengthens you physically and mentally. Excellent. Word. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank again. Yay. Thanks for having me. You have a very smooth radio voice, like already. Like, oh, yeah. do I? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. I should go into voiceover work, guys. What do you think? You definitely should. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Pisces thing. I think it is. I think it is. We're all like soothing. Pisces and Scorpio. Oh, you're like, wait. I was yeah. like, so we Don't forget can talk the rest about... of the ocean over here. I was okay. like, oh, also, <laughs> we can talk about the rest of my chart. I know how this goes. That is very, very true. We can do that after your next tarot reading. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All the Christians have, like, burned this podcast. Oh, they've left. They're gone. Sorry, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. Um, so we wanted to start out with what is your connection to the Sensual Selfie Challenge? Because I know it was, like, a big internet thing. That was wild. Um <laughs> And what is it? Um, yeah. So the Sensual Selfie Challenge was a challenge that was curated by Evian Whitney, um, who works in sexual, um, like kind of like a sexual doula, um, helping mm. people, mostly um, femme-identified people, get in touch with their more sensual selves. And the Selfie Challenge was kind of an extension of that. So it was a challenge that invited femme-identified people to um, go on kind of like a three- or four-day challenge where every day there was like a new theme sent to them and then like a new um, photo theme attached with that. So, um, for example, it would be like maybe today take a picture with something that makes you feel sexy. Like, mm. do flowers make you feel sexy? Does a particular outfit make you feel sexy? Do you feel sexiest in the nude? Or one day it was like take a picture of a body part that you struggle to accept. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was really a few days of this challenge and I was connected to it because Evian and I are friends um, and she reached out to me to participate and I was kind of intimidated too at first to be really mm -hmm. honest because I feel like, um, especially in the world of social media, um, 
you get asked to participate in things that require you that ask you to um, to have other folks really step into their honesty and their vulnerability Mm -hmm. and then it flips and you're asked the same thing Mm -hmm. so you have to find Mm -hmm. a challenge that speaks to you enough to put yourself in a position that is just as vulnerable as you are asking other people to put themselves in Mm, um so that was something that i had that i had kind of thought about but when she asked me to i was like you know what i actually really need this challenge right now because i'm not very connected to my sensual self right Mm. now i mean being a black queer femme identified person living in a really violent ass society Mm -hmm. and world it's really hard to be like you know what today I feel like I'm the shit Mm. so I was like you know this challenge is something that I really need to participate in um so I did and I ended up being one of kind of like the hosts of uh, one particular day of it yeah can I ask one follow-up question Hmm. what do you think so um it's a sensual selfie challenge and Mm -hmm. you just said I'm not very connected to my sensual self and then you mentioned the ways that I you know we all relate to around this table of not necessarily feeling valued in this world right now because of the dominant Mm -hmm. um, cultural lament what does sensuality have to do with that I think sensuality has to do with that in that just the the state of the world right now it's really easy to be disconnected from all parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to be disconnected from yourself mentally. It's really easy to be disconnected from your body in both sensual, sexual, and completely non-sensual or sexual contexts. It's Mm -hmm. just so easy to be disconnected from so much right now because there are so many things going on and you kind of feel like, well, I have to put my attention here and here and here. Mm -hmm. And then it's almost kind of like... um, it's almost kind of like paying attention to those other parts of yourself seem less valid because there are mm-hmm. so many other pressing things that you quote unquote should be right. doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that the reason why that challenge ended up being as big as it was is because um, it's giving a space to people to say, you know what? My sexuality, my sensuality is something that is completely valid, even with all of these things going on. politically even with what's going on with me maybe personally and all these other things that affect us daily it was a space and a safe space for people to say these this is just as important right right so thinking about or i i saw this as something that fell under the umbrella of self-care yes right and i i wanted to like introduce that and really ask like where why why is it that everybody is talking about self-care right now like where did that come from like why how did we get here (laughs) (laughs) i think that's such such a great question um how did we get here the state of the world and the world i mean the world has been falling apart for a very very long time i think it's just now falling apart in a way that affects everybody like mm. people of color, white people, poor people, rich people, everyone. Like everyone is falling apart right now. Mm. So I think that that's in part why self-care is everywhere. And that's a great thing and a bad thing. It's great that people are talking about making room for self-care and that that's completely valid and that's something that we all should be trying to do. But then the phrase self-care is well on its way to becoming kind of like a catchphrase, yeah. um, a corporate yeah. catchphrase. Like Already every, is. Yeah. Every, yeah, like everything is self, like self-care, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, after, you know, the election of Voldemort, um, <laughs> Pretty much, uh, but wa- orange Voldemort, right? <laughs> but <Cheeto. laughs> I right away I posted 
um, which was too soon for some people, but that's fine. Uh, I was like, oh, well, at least uh, now finally white liberals will acknowledge that racism exists and we can just move on from that. Not too soon. Y'all voted in him. So like, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, this well, is kind you know. of like the I get it, but like not right. too soon. And um, this is like on the night of the election. <laughs> so I just was ready with the quips. Um, you were. But. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Hello, hello. Right. But I think the, 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 the fact after that is that, yeah, we are in a moment where for a certain segment of the population that has been very comfortable for the last 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. there is a high level of anxiety and discomfort that they are not used to. Absolutely. And they're suddenly like, oh, my God, how do I take care of myself? I'm and then, used to just being okay. <laughs> and then the rest of us are just like, join the club. Exactly. Now you're where we are. Right. Have fun. Have fun. And Here's lucky, a salt bath. And lucky you, you <laughs> oh, actually. And a salt lamp. <laughs> <laughs> and lucky you, you actually have the money to take care of yourself. Right. 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 Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm cu- I'm curious. What do you, um, where are you on that journey of taking care of yourself? Do you <sighs> feel like you're in a place of sustainability in being able to take care of yourself? Ooh, sustainability, big word. Um, I feel like I feel like it would be a lie to say that I completely have the whole self care thing down pat because that's a lie. Like, who does? Um, I nobody. feel like nobody. Like everybody who says they do is lying. Um, (laughs) but where I am right now I feel like I'm in a space where I was better than a few years ago of practicing self-care in terms of saying no to things Mm. and not feeling as bad about saying no to things like personally and professionally I forget which show I saw this on but it was recently and it like really struck a nerve Um, this therapist was talking to someone in like a super codependent relationship and Mm. she was like this is a magic word that you need to learn, and it's N-O. And when you put a period at the end of that, that becomes a sentence. Ooh. And I was just like, facts, though. Drag me. <laughs> <laughs> Drag me. <laughs> so I'm at this point in my self-care journey where I'm kind of practicing self-care by learning to exercise that sentence and learning to do it faster than I would have a year or so ago. Mm. Like, I am kind of the person that considers all angles and considers all people involved and tries to hold as much space as I can and I'm in that space where I can be faster being like I so want to do this for you but I can't Mm. and then having like that be it Mm. and Mm. so I think that's where I am right now does it is it starting to feel easier when you say I can't yeah it's starting to feel easier but it only feels easier the more that you do it you know Mm. what I mean like Mm. it's not going to feel easy until I get to a point where I just do it all the time and then I'm like no 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 and you over there no and you too no right and I love you though but no I love you and I can love you all the way from here but no right mm-hmm. word word <laughs> uh, what are the ways that ritual is a part of your self-care ritual has become an increasing part of my self-care just because um I've kind of I've kind of interacted with the idea of ritual from a young age mm. um I grew up, like, my parents are Baptist, so I grew up going to church, and that was what it was until it wasn't, like, kind of until I came into my queerness in my teens, and then I was like, this is highly uncomfortable. I don't want to be here anymore. So I stopped doing that and then had to kind of create my own rituals, and um, now that I'm an adult, I kind of play with the idea of that, and I think I lean into the idea that there are daily rituals, and then longer more involved rituals and there are rituals that can basically fit every aspect of my life like that fit wherever I am mentally 
So, for example, like my daily ritual is that I have a little altar set up in my room and each morning I light my green candle and I light my white candle and Mm -hmm. I light a stick of incense. And even if it's just for like five minutes walking out the door, I try to sit and make a list of all the things that I'm grateful for, Um, which doesn't always happen because some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I really just don't know. Like the thing that I'm most Mm -hmm. grateful for is the fact that I woke up and I have Mm -hmm. to be gentle with myself that sometimes like that's enough. Um, So that's like part of my daily ritual. But I also realize that you can make ritual out of anything that's repetitive. So Mm. sometimes my walk to the train is my ritual for the day Mm. or sometimes Mm. depending on the weather, like me passing like a certain tree that I pass every day and just taking a minute to look at it is my ritual. Mm. Sometimes talking to my mom on my way to work is my ritual. Like it's extensive. What I hear in that is you can ritualize the mundane or the everyday by adding intentionality to it definitely Mm -hmm. i would definitely say that i think the thing that makes ritual kind of um like scary Mm -hmm. in our society is that we feel like we need to do all these things and have all these things in order for things to be ritual. right we have to have the perfect altar and you have have to have have crystals you have to have the incense and and the outfit and exactly exactly (laughs) and i mean like that's kind of an extension of social media right because you see the ways in which people um, interact with their own rituals and sometimes you're just like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford Literally. to do that. <laughs> Constantly. But that was like a perfect setup for the question that you were talking about. Oh, before. yeah. So I, I, you know, this is something that I've really been thinking about um, given that I like know folks who work for the social media people um, and for a lot of the things that we we give so much of our attention to like apps and uh, podcasts and like other stuff, like we have to sort of, some of those things become part of our rituals, like listening Absolutely. to a podcast or mm-hmm. posting in your Instagram story mm-hmm. or like, I know for a while, AJ Marie Brown was like doing like a card a day and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like a reading, like you just pluck a card every day and, and you know, those things, we use social media as a as a tool for assisting ourselves in our self-care and in our ritual. Yes. But the apps are designed to not only capture our attention, but to cause us to compare and analyze what other people are doing. Absolutely. To our to what we're doing. Right? There's a whole psychological yes. um, kind of, there's so many psychological repercussions to social media that right. we do all kind of talk about with each other and do kind of touch on and post about, but mm-hmm. I think that we don't really sit and think about just the um, the ramifications of giving so much time to all of these outlets because in a way, like our brains were actually not meant to absorb this much information at one time and to right. constantly nope. be this stimulated, right. you know? Nope. So obviously all of that has to have some kind of side effect. Right. And so thinking about this sort of comparison analysis trap that we often fall into. Yes, trap is uh, <laughs> You know, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Tumblr, whatever. Like what are what are the ways that you can start to think about holding on to the value of self, right? Yourself, mm-hmm. not in comparison to others, right. yourself mm-hmm. as a whole self being enough. I think that that is, um, I think that that's a journey that we're all on. And I think that unless 
you know, all of these social media outlets happen to simultaneously collapse. That is something that <laughs> it could happen. You know, it really could happen given, you know, just state of the world. Um, well. But until that happens, like that's something that we're all having to deal with. Like mm-hmm. what are the healthy ways that I can engage with social media and all of these outlets and still not take them for what they are like still know that behind the scenes there is like a real life person with real life things that they just are choosing to edit out of their experience right well so i i happen to know someone who's instagram famous which is super surreal don't you just feel like weird saying it though it's so weird it's strange it's 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 also (laughs) really weird knowing her and like (laughs) it's really it's really fascinating to know what curation looks like from behind the scenes and the disconnect too right. between your real life and your like social media right. instagram life and it's so easy to make something look palatable look delicious so look easy sensual look exciting when everything around that particular capture could have been fucked up mm-hmm. and th- i'm not saying that's true for everyone all the no, time but i, but I think that mean. there's a even in my own post and so so that's interesting. And then mm-hmm. also you you identify as an artist, so do I, and Ashoka mm-hmm. is an artist and performer as well. And mm-hmm. there's a part, certain part where I hear people talk about social media cleanses and I hear people talk about just logging off and yeah. just not being involved. I have friends also that are literally not on social media and that's great, mm-hmm. but it is also something that I cannot divest from because of my career. Yep, I feel yes. that intensely. <laughs> and also, yes. mm-hmm. so to sort of tie it back to this curation and career, yeah. is that um, the there's an aspect of... So I want to say a lot of things here. Like, all these things are flooding in my head. So artistry in and of itself, right? You yes. do not have to make art for anyone else to be an artist. An artist just makes art, mm-hmm. period, right? You could be in your bedroom forever making art, and you're an artist. Yep. That is true. But for those of us that are trying to make a living off of art, mm-hmm. those of us that are trying to be, in some degree, commercially successful, yep. and uh, therefore socially um, recognized, mm. this comparison becomes mm-hmm. a part of the necessity of our work, it's right? Like, am I ranking right. among my peers, which is an awful thing to say. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I see myself constantly comparing myself to my peers, not just because social media drives me to, not just because my human impulse to like belong drives me to, but because mm-hmm. literal dollar bills Are and income on depends on Capitalism. that. Capitalism. Yeah. And so how do we, I'm, I'm question for all of us, mm-hmm. how do we maintain healthy values around that tension of really trying to feed ourselves mm-hmm. by this comparison of self-image? Well, that's something that I definitely have and am currently struggling with because I feel like when you hit a certain point of visibility on social media that just comes along with it right because you know when you hit a point where people are actually paying attention to your work and then also kind of anticipating to see what you do next and like what the next thing is going to be and is it going to be bigger and better than that thing you did like two days ago right um it's really hard to keep things in perspective um, and I can only speak for myself, but I personally, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram for very similar reasons to you. Yeah. It's a platform that I use to show, you know, the work that I've collaborated with on with other artists. It's a platform that I use to express myself. And it's a platform that has connected me to a lot of really, really wonderful people, just period. But at the same time, it is so 
it is so unhealthy for me mm-hmm. just because it is so easy to fall into that K-hole of that person that I know through this person is doing this and like why didn't like that person think of me or like why am I mm-hmm. not doing that and like if I'm not doing that then what am I doing next like it's just a really vicious cycle so for me personally I've just been in a space where I haven't been um, I haven't been interacting with it as much as I was say like six months ago like mm. for me what's best for me is that um, due to work haha can't really just delete my account even though I fantasize about that um, <laughs> so what I do instead is I just um, I delete the app off of my phone mm. um, and I'll do it for however long I can kind of hold out which is sad because sometimes it's like an hour and sometimes it's like a month mm-hmm. but I just do it for as long as I feel the need to not be interacting with like another human being that's not in person mm. um, and sometimes it's really great and then sometimes I'm like oh I feel like I feel like my intense fear of missing out um, right. but yeah. I know for me overall like just that disconnecting and making it harder for me to get back onto that platform when I know that I've hit a point where I I mentally cannot absorb anymore, Mm. that's been really good for me. Mm, mm. Um, But then again, like you touched on, like it's really hard to do that because sometimes I miss offers for work and sometimes I miss a whole bunch of important stuff just by not being on it. And I can take all the precautions and be like, hey, email me. Here's how you get in touch. And it's like people can't read or purposely do not. Right, but it's not even, it's not even that. It's not even like as a mode of contact. It's It's more insidious than that. It's if I post a certain thing, it might might get some people's attention and th- to think of me for a certain role. I've gotten gigs off of pictures I posted. Same. Because people can then picture me in a certain way mm-hmm. and they're think, oh, Carrie could be good for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. what, what what pictures am I not posting? I know. <laughs> or like maybe if I like posted like that other picture or maybe if I posted right. that picture from last week. Maybe, or maybe if my eyebrow is up in that picture. Or maybe if yeah. my friend who's Insta famous posted that picture instead. Of me. And then of me. And then mm-hmm. why won't they? Or maybe they did and it didn't get attention. Like it's just. <laughs> it's a lot. Sometimes I literally just be like, girl, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Like right yeah. in this moment. What are we yeah. doing? What are I we definitely. Doing? What are we doing? Like, it's, it's been really wild. So I'm not Instagram famous. Neither am I, <laughs> to be clear. But you are. And uh, it feels so weird to hear that. <laughs> but it's true though. And it, it to me, I'm like, what does that mean? And it's like, oh, like you hit a certain number of followers, right. and like blah blah blah. But like, like <laughs> the wrinkle is there. Um but it it A now that my profile is open, B now that like I'm posting a certain kind of content, mm-hmm. you know. Really Excellent cosplay as usual. Absolutely, they are <laughs> Go there amazing. Clearly from testing. Go on. Um, but so it, you know, right now my Instagram is literally cosplay and pole dancing. <laughs> Which right? is an awesome combination. <laughs> Pretty much, you can turn that down. <laughs> and so it's it's interesting. I'm I live in this comparison world of myself, right? Of mm-hmm. like being like, oh, this pole dancing video that I did got like 2,000 something something views and like ended up on the the search page but this cosplay that I worked on for eight months mm. might have only gotten like six, 16 or 17 like you know like That's a really and good so point. like this thing I'm now I'm in this space of like competing with myself Dang. for content That's right so and thinking legit. about like how do I how do I market this what are the hashtags like this that the, the other like place a, like a vicious cycle but also managing that against people walking up to me in real life and being like, oh, I, 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 I know you from the Internet. Right. And being like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, yeah, I saw your 
I saw your video. You were like twerking on online, and I'm like, like, "Cool story, bro." And I'm like, it, "Yes, <laughs> I often twerk online, but like, what does that bro. mean? Do you want to shake my hand? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't." He literally did want to shake my hand, but <laughs> throw some nudity in there, and that's pretty much my life. Right. Oh. What? But I, I've had. I think that one of the early reasons why I continue to invest in social media is because I've had the the more like openly vulnerable experience of people being like your content helped me yes in xyz way Mm -hmm. i shifted my thinking i um i felt seen Mm -hmm. i was um inspired what xyz whatever like that's happened to me many 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 times Mm -hmm. i'm grateful for that people are paying attention and that it has any impact and it makes me continue to invest um but it makes me think about you know what is the difference between what is for me and what is for com- consumption? These are such such great points. I I think that um like just to go off of your point, like that is something that I struggle with a lot because um because I'm in a space with my page where um I so want to be open and honest and vulnerable, and I do share that like this is all curated. This is right. like I am honest and open, but this is still a curation that I have decided what to post right. and like what looks good and what is like you know is going to have the largest reach and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do want to be honest and vulnerable, and I have had people say exactly the same thing to me. Like something that you posted really, really touched me, or you brought up something that I never thought about because maybe that's something that I've never had to face, but I have friends that do so you posting this helps me to understand my friends my sister my parents even more like Mm -hmm. and so it's hard when you want to have and create and maintain this space that has become a safe space for others in a regard Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's kind of like who heals the healer when Mm. you provide a safe space and it's safe for other people what do you do when that space no longer feels safe for you the person facilitating it Mm -hmm. which is also my struggle with at least my page like I kind of fantasize about deleting my page but then I think about all of these wonderful connections that I've made with other people and just all the love that I've gotten from other people posting some really really vulnerable content um yeah and I also think that you raise a really good point of of then being in competition with yourself for your content, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is kind of why I say that it's um, it's really kind of it's like there's it can be so psychologically harmful because it sends you down this rabbit hole. Like yes. um, like for example, I my page is like a, a business page profile on Instagram, so it's like now I have access to all of this information that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Where it's like. Where it's like this many people saved this post or like this many people interacted with a toss off post that I just like, you know, maybe put up as a filler. But this space where I was like really vulnerable and maybe spoke about my depression or Mm -hmm. like being freelance and how hard that is or just being like a nude person who who like is out in the world. Like it'll be like three people like this and like eight people commented on it. Like that's really hard because you're an artist and you put your content out there to be consumed but you always kind of hope that people lean into stuff that you're passionate about right so when you right. s- so when you see the stuff that does get attention and doesn't yeah. it's like uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i've just, had that yeah uh, those and that analysis especially like when it's in cold hard and numbers. you can't like deny it yeah i think that makes me question as an artist it makes me question my um my m- what's the word for it but when you know 
my my taste right like Mm -hmm. how do i know what's good how do i know how to like carve you know i i often think in metaphors of a of a sculpture uh sculptor even though i'm not (laughs) at all but it makes sense right but like we have material whatever it is and we we are molding it right and i and i think oh i've molded this amazing thing and nobody is into that and then i like threw this thing away and people are into it and i'm like what exactly (laughs) what are you responding to where is this even (laughs) i think for me what that makes me do is that um it makes me question my taste right but then it also kind of makes me want to push harder for the content that i Mm. am like i'm really feeling that's a dignity (laughs) response (laughs) well i think well it's also kind of petty because it's like it's like being like this is my page and i'm gonna post what i like and wow it kind of sucks that y'all don't mad about it you can just stay tight about it um and it's like i know that you want to see all of these new pictures and sometimes i want to see them too but sometimes i don't want to post that so i guess you're going to be mad um but yeah it makes me want to push harder to post the content that i'm really in support of because um a lot of people i've expressed this on my page i've been like cool you guys totally just want pictures of my boobs and like maybe of my cat cool um, but I posted that and people have been like, you know, I, I totally understand why some things get more interaction. But the people who enjoy the content that you enjoy posting, they always find you in the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have way less followers who totally support what I do than have like a bajillion who maybe know who I am. Right. right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't mean that it's less frustrating. It just, you know. It's something to think about. Yeah, it just, it feels different. Well, it's also, I mean, going back to this question that Ashoke was posing about, you know, comparison and wrestling with that and the the question Mm -hmm. I sort of posed about the public versus private and what's valuable, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a little bit of ownership there if we say, if I commit to the content that moves me regardless of the metrics. Absolutely. Or at least in some part right yes like we're gonna have to follow metrics keeping in them in way. mind right but like if we really commit on on some fundamental level to the content that moves us then it's then it stays valuable to us and it stays nourishing to us and sustainable hopefully agreed and it does mm. help kind of draw this line between the personal and the private in that way too yeah um just because I know for me, like I, there are some things that I'm okay with posting, and a lot of the things that I post that are that would be considered private to me are things that I post because I know that maybe someone needs to read them coming from someone else that is completely unrelated to anyone in their lives or unrelated to anything that they do. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, if I talk about my anxiety or my depression or just things like that. It's really hard to, you know, press the post button on things like that. Yes. But I, but the thing that makes it easier is knowing that somebody is going to read that and maybe feel a little bit better. Right. Or yeah. going to read that and maybe take that step to maybe get some kind of help to, to, to handle that or talk right. to a friend about it. Right. Um, but then there's other stuff that I don't post, a lot of stuff I don't post, which isn't that that wouldn't help someone too. But I just choose that that stays mine. Right. Um, and I think that's a hard part of us being so interconnected trying to figure out what stays yours and i think that leads really well into the sort of last question that i have Mm -hmm. is what how do we like define this like public self versus private self given that so much of what we put on the internet would be considered private self yeah (laughs) um I feel like that's a hard question for us to answer because it's something we're all in the midst of. Mm. I think that um, 
I don't know. I think it's one of those very blurred lines right now. The personal and the private are, are very, very blurred. Um, since, as you touched on, a lot of what we do post and do share would be considered private, is considered private to ourselves and definitely mm-hmm. private to the people who share it. Like, I read pe- posts from people and I've been like, I kind of feel like I'm intruding on your journal or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, yeah. not that you shouldn't have shared definitely that, read but them I, over share posts. Yeah. <laughs> or even like, I just feel like I, I feel I like stumbled I stumbled into something yeah. Like, super yeah. intimate. Like, sometimes and, people will share things and I'm like, Whoa. Should I close my eyes? Like, I don't. Maybe right. I should just backspace. I don't. Like, right. What? I think to me that, like, there's something I can tell about. Well, this is something I, I didn't mention, but I was mm. thinking about is mm-hmm. one of the things that helps me sort of mitigate that comparison mm-hmm. is recognizing from, like, a media analysis perspective that there mm. are different um, frames and aesthetic traditions uh, or even just new aesthetic um presentations that people are working under Mm -hmm. right and so if i think about oh like i understand why this works because you're you're talking to this really specific aesthetic space Mm -hmm. and demographic and you're doing it really well Mm -hmm. you're filling in a frame that's Mm -hmm. that's that that you're striving for and that's awesome and and here this person is doing something totally different and it's working really well for them and so i can see that they're not the same and they're both working you know and and, you know because we're in a moment also where people can have like micro um fame right like yes uh, instagram famous is like you have like i mean i don't know what the maybe someone defined it but for me i've noticed like oh you have like 30 to forty thousand followers or something and it's like that's not a million people but no, it's a lot, it right? Is. And so for those thirty to forty thousand people, like you're doing something that's very specific that is meeting all of these markers, all these benchmarks. Yeah. And so when when something makes me uncomfortable, I think it's because again, from a, like a media analysis and also like a sort of social mores which, <laughs> you know, are problematic, right? But for they sure. still exist even within like radical communities. Mm-hmm. If I see that someone has lost control of the narrative mm. in some way, and they, that they maybe intended to do one thing, but it's veering off and splashing into all these yeah. other areas, then it might make me uncomfortable. It feels edgy, not in an intentional way. It feels mm-hmm. unintentional. Yeah. And that might be co- pure conjecture, but that's that's something that I feel like I can see and that make, that raises my blood pressure. <laughs> but, but you touch on a really good point there, uh, intention. Right. I think that there is something about the ways in which people do share where even if you don't know them or even if you know them you know, v- vaguely, mm-hmm. you can still sense what somebody's intention are. And in a way, you can almost sense it a little more purely than if you know them in real life because you're purely going off of something that you're reading. Mm. Um, because there's been stuff that I've read where I don't really know the person, but like they just hit something that I was going through like so perfectly and succinctly, mm-hmm. like that didn't matter. Or you no- don't relate, but you're like, I understand something exactly. new. Exactly. So I think a lot of it has to do with intention. Um, and I think also touching on that idea of like Instagram fame, um, I think that it's just so. I think it's so odd, like not in like a, a bad way, because yeah. I think it's wonderful to have an audience of people who, you know, have been with you for a time and have seen you and and are really supporting what you do. But this whole idea, I guess, of just like that that level of 
audience, I guess. Because mm. it's like, you know, it's very it's very specific to this one little microcosm of a social mm. media platform. But right. then you go out in real life and like you're on the train and nobody, nobody knows, knows who you are. You know what I right. mean? So right. I think that that's like a weird thing that we're also kind of dealing with, too. Like everyone knows you on your or platform, but you're here. And they do like, know you on the train. Right. They do. And they do roll up to you. But then that's another thing, too, when your social media life starts creeping into your everyday real life because right, I've yeah. definitely had that too where especially when I was like you know kind of starting out and on t- like my pictures were on Tumblr right. definitely like the the side eyes and then like the the stare down like I feel like I've seen you somewhere before right. mm-hmm. I've seen you naked somewhere oh oh it's you oh oh and then me being like oh my god please don't be that right but yeah we're yes. in that <laughs> yes. we're just in like a really <laughs> weird time where I don't know. I guess we're in that time where you can actually meet your idols. Well, right. and, uh, wait, yeah, so this is something that on one hand I'm laughing about and on the other hand it's like so core to the conversation we're having because we're talking about public versus private as if it's like social media versus your bedroom but it also might be social media versus your commute, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or social media versus your Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, listen. Oh. Let me tell you A how word. my mama is not allowed a word <laughs> on my Instagram. A whole word. So I have this thing, this is what I'm gonna laugh about, is that like I am not a cute eater. Like I really like food. It's meant to be enjoyed. And I get really hangry. And so when I wanna eat, I'm gonna fucking eat. And it's not gonna be pretty. And Who I says you have to be cute when Because you eat? I'm a hustler and I be eating in public on the train. And I'm certain <laughs> that there are motherfuckers who'll be like I see this bitch every day stuffing her face like a every fucking animal day, and I know she on PBS. <laughs> She's crazy, and I'm like, there could be an agent sitting across from me. There could be a future casting, whatever. whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> creative problems. <laughs> Hashtag creative life problems. But it's good though, right? It's, but the food I was mean, good, I right? Like food. <laughs> But like I could slow down a little. It'd be better for my digestion. That's all I'm gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) It's relative. (laughs) But then it's it's also it's also like once you start thinking like that, it spreads to so many aspects of your other. But that's what I mean. I think. But then that also goes back to the 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 public versus the private. Because once you have to be on, you have to learn to turn it off. Then you have to feel safe enough to turn it off. See, okay, this is the thing that I've noticed between like new celebrities and old celebrities, Mm. right? And so get into it. um, (laughs) Get into this right here. I met um, somebody who like recently showed up on Insecure, right? Mm. Okay. And he was fucking great. He was rad regular and we just walked around near Comic-Con and he came to our panel like he was just was great cute. like he was just like a great human being yeah and like you could see like every third black person be like wait a minute hold on and you they like look at him <laughs> the look. and then poke their friend and people were texting Mad me obvious. <laughs> in the panel like is that so and i'm like y'all supposed to be listening to me talk why like, that, are that, you that. <laughs> Why are you turning around? Anyway, so he, he and he was talking about the ways in which he was getting used to people just seeing him in the street, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know he's a he's a man of color, so he's like, when people stare at you, you you getting yeah. ready to get bucked. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, oh, oh it's because they're like, fan. I I Positive saw you on. It's literally people would walk up to me like, what do I? Do I know you from somewhere? Like, are you? And he's, 
He's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you do. do. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and him getting used to that versus folks who, you know, met, and I'm thinking about like Broadway folks, right? right. Mm-hmm. Folks you meet at the stage door, mm-hmm. like folks who've been on TV for like years and years and years and them sort of always being on. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're with them in private spaces, spaces that are not uh, at, at dinner, mm-hmm. at you know, when you're just sitting around like having drinks, when you're at a fundraiser, like when you're in this private space, feeling like they're still on right. and you're not talking to a real person. And that's why so many celebrities actually have personality disorders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? That's they, they develop them over time. Yes. Or they or they have them to begin with and that's how they can handle it. Yeah. And that's what I was just thinking that because I was thinking that it makes sense, though. You develop another personality to be to on, to protect, it. to handle it, and also yeah. to just protect the part of yourself that is still for you. Yeah. But then when all your spaces become less private. You yeah. don't have a space to turn off in anymore. Yeah, and what you said about feeling safe enough. It is a safety to thing, To turn it too. off. Like, where where does that happen? And honestly... For some, there I, is none. I don't know. I, okay. For some, there well, really is none. Like, not that it doesn't exist in a way that is not accessible to them, but if you don't feel any space is safe, then no space is going to be safe. Right. Right. Um, which also then brings up questions of like mental health and accessibility because mm-hmm. like they like let's be real a lot of these people have the money to have access to the kinds of mental health and wellness care that a lot of us could only dream of having right but what does that mean if you really don't have any personal life that's true anyways we have to move to close <laughs> on this <laughs> as we get deeper and deeper into <laughs> mental health and wellness yeah this is fascinating <laughs> um, so what we gonna do next is have a toast a toast to the groom, to the groom, to the groom, to the groom, to the bride, to the bride. I have a good one, I think. I'm ready. But now I'm like all in this other like celebrity. <laughs> You're like deep in the rabbit right, hole with this conversation. Hole, I, had a I love one. it. But okay, it's not that deep. It's just simple. But whew, okay, I'm gonna take a breath. Oh my god, did I tell you I'm going to see LeVar Burton? Uh, of course you are. Sh- I, we'll talk about it later. Okay. okay. Anyways. Anyway, on his podcast. Uh, yes. Okay. No. On his podcast, he does this thing with the breath. I know, but. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's have a toast. Yes, let's have a toast. After all of that, what I want us to toast to is um, let us toast to. Um, Either a ritual that we already do or a ritual that we are um, looking forward to beginning, starting, mm. um, that really feeds us and nourishes us. Mm. So, yes, I guess I'm going first. Um, a ritual that I am looking forward to continuing is pole dancing at least once a week. Mm. Hey. Um, it is the one time, like, I've been dealing with some, like, body stuff. Um and is the one time that I can really look at myself in the mirror mm. and like not feel any weird kinds of like I so many of the prompts are look at yourself and see mm. see what your body's doing, see mm-hmm. how this choreography fits in your body, see how this motion looks in in you because it mm-hmm. looks different on every physical person. And so I struggle so much with like, especially full length mirrors right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, like once a week, every week, being in a space where I'm like dancing and like doing this thing that's very fun for me, but like I really get to like see 
what my body looks like and, and sort of like where I am. And you're so limber. Hella. I'm working on it. It's amazing. Hella limber. I don't have any Especially of those in waves. those heels. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I would have died already. I know. I'm going to post a blooper reel so y'all no. see. I think, you, I think you should though. I think that also goes back to the personal and the private. Yes. Post that blooper reel so we know it's real. Because I'll be falling off them eight inches, y'all. <laughs> bruises. They are not They're, a game. The bruises okay? are so real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got a you got a ritual. Um, there are a couple of rituals that I'm looking forward to continuing and starting. Um, I'm looking forward to tonight going home and lighting some incense on my altar. We didn't um, talk about altars. We, well, you can have me back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm looking forward to lighting some incense on my altar and lighting some sage mm-hmm. and just kind of sitting down with myself as the past few days have been a lot. Um, but a new ritual I'm looking forward to is moving into a new space mm-hmm. and beginning the ritual of making my space my safe space mm-hmm. from the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time you move into a new space, you learn a little something more about what you need from it. Um, so I'm looking forward to figuring that out in this upcoming space. Excellent. Well, I love that you had a continuation and a new one. I might bite a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my continuation is... Um, and I'm so I'm not posting about this. And in the past, I have a lot. I um, I've been a I'm a I'm a lapsed amateur runner, and I have recently restarted, and it's like very Yay. new for me because it's it's been a long time of falling off the wagon, and it's like feeling good again. Mm. So this is the only person to talk about it. It's just gonna say that I am looking forward to continuing to find the run, and like not even concerned about the number of miles or whatever um but i really enjoy and we we didn't talk about what we were talking about before the recording started about Mm. ashoki and i are people who are not good at stillness as a (laughs) self-care practice but we're really good at activity and so i have the opposite (laughs) no i cannot people are like just lay down i'm like what What? see that's me all day i'm like give me space to curl up in no No. (laughs) give me a scarf and a place to curl up in Mm -mm. it so anyways Mm -mm. running is a really good active meditation Uh for me and Mm -hmm. i'm glad to feel good about it again and Mm -hmm. hopefully that will continue and if it doesn't no judgment um and then in terms of new so i i lived in a place for a year last year and it took me damn near eight months to set up my altar until i literally had to get smacked in the face with some like ancestor magic before i was like oh shit sorry i put it through altar sorry hey how's it going here's a (laughs) here's a little offering sorry (laughs) so let me not wait that long Though it's already been three months, and let me set up my altar soon. Yeah. How about before November? There we yeah. go. Yeah. All right. Well, I will add in one that I am do coming into. So I was a rower. I mm. started rowing when I was nineteen, so ten wow. years ago. Um, and I'm just coming back into like consistently getting on the erg, Ooh. um, again, and it feels like death. And torture, <laughs> <laughs> which is, but not as much death and torture as running. I love um, running. Whatever. Different definitions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and so, like, something I'm looking forward to is, like, as we're moving into indoor time, like, indoor rowing and what that means for, mm. like, sitting in a dark room mm. and just, like, being in my body on this machine. Do you play, like, like, water sounds while you do it? Um, well, I usually take classes. Oh, okay. Um, if I'm, like... Out in the world. Take a rowing class. Yeah, come through. Call me. 
Yeah. Um, but also, like, I'm a U.S. rowing certified coach, so I can design oh, my excuse own me. stuff. Okay. I can design my own stuff. It's just it's hard to do it for yourself. Yeah. 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 You know, and so I'm getting back into the practice of like going to like going to a class but also yep. I have a gym membership right. there are ergs at the gym that's how I feel about yoga so yes. putting myself into or like designing a workout going and doing it and then feeling like okay I did it it's like you have to get to the end part of feeling good to remind yourself like this is why I should keep yes. doing it yes. but it's that's so hard exactly to get to true. that yeah you like, gotta like oh, put on clothes and also get to the gym right. and also do the damn workout I stopped to right. put on clothes <laughs> All right, let us toast to the rituals that we do and the rituals that we're looking forward to and yeah. f- to ourselves for committing to ourselves in these ways. Word. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Hey, Kyria. Yeah. We did a show. Hey, this is a good we one. I feel all restored and right. a little tipsy. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we do. <laughs> Welcome to Cheers, of course. Um, so we're so glad that you, like, rode the wave with us um we're super excited to like hear what you think about riding that wave with us in order to tell us what you thought please use the hashtag cheers the letter n queers and pod in on twitter facebook instagram tumblr i'll log back into tumblr and, and find y'all um <laughs> and definitely follow us on twitter um and subscribe on Spotify, tell your friends. And Instagram. I mean, and, iTunes. And yes, subscribe on both of those platforms. Um, tell your friends about us. Um, when you're in that hashtag on social media, you can meet some cuties. You can tell us what you're thinking and also tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, we will take drinks suggestions. We will. And write us on, um, rate us on iTunes and leave comments. We love to read them. We love to know what you think of the show and it helps other people find the show and see if it's right for them so please do that um yeah the music in this episode was provided by b steadwell boomscat and abel shifra you can find b at bsteadwell.com you can find boomscat at www.boomscat.com and you can find abel out here in the world this episode was produced by ishoke and myself curia with support from lance john and edited by giselle hernandez thank you so much bye y'all i can handle it if you go there baby with me can you handle it if i go there baby with you We gon' set it off, we gon' tear it up